Hello and welcome to TanakhStudy.com. This is Shani Tarragon and today we're going to conclude Parshat Mitzorah with the last three psukim of the parasha, which also serve as a beautiful segue into the beginning of Parshat Acharimot. If you recall, we ended our last year speaking about the last state of physiological forms of Tum'ah, namely the male forms of Zav and Shechvat Zerah, followed by the female forms of Nida and Zavah, Shechvat Zerah and Nida being the more natural expressions or emissions, and Zav and Zavah, respectively, the unnatural or more abnormal forms of emissions that come from the male and female, respectively. The process of purification by each case is also indicative of the level of Tum'ah, or as we've been discussing in our Shi'urim, the connection to the transition or sensitivity to issues of life or some type of organic change that takes place within the person and thereby those such as the Zav and the Zavah that require a seven-day waiting period prior to entering the Mikdash and then offering a Chatat and an Ola testify to a greater need to reestablish a natural cycle. With this, we now conclude the last three psukim of Perek Tzedvav, chapter 15 in Sefer Vayikra, Pasuk Lamed Aleph, V'hizartem et b'nei Yisrael mitumatam, v'lo yamutu b'tumatam b'tamam et mishkani asher b'tucham. After hearing about all these different states of Tum'ah, we're told a general warning, V'hizartem, referring to the etymology of the word Nun Zayin Reish, like Nazir, to separate from becoming Tamei, so that they do not die in their state of being impure, whereas they may defile the mishkan that is in their midst. Note that there isn't a direct sin with regard to becoming impure. One is not prohibited from becoming impure. After all, we discuss that there are numerous times that one does not really have a sense of control over this, whether it's the nida, the shechvat Rather, what this pasuk is coming to tell us is that once one is in a state of impurity, one has to be very careful to separate or to be cautious of not entering the mikdash in a state of impurity. Notice even the sing-song to this pasuk. I always imagine the young Kohanim probably circling around the area of the Mikdash, singing the song together, warning Am Yisrael not to enter the Mikdash in a state of Tum'ah. Again, the problem is not becoming Tamei, but knowing that one is limited from this intense relationship with God based on the mandates of Hashem, one has to be all the more cautious not to enter or basically defile the Mikdash in such a state. This reminds us of how the section began, namely with the prohibition of the Kohanim of drinking any intoxicating beverage before entering the Mikdash. God mandates that we come in with a certain consciousness and sensitivity, and in this case it means not coming in in a state that God has mandated as Tamei, and particularly as a closure for this unit, Pasuk Lamid Bet, Zo Torah Tazav, Vasher Menu Litamaba, this is the law of the Zav, and so too, any emission that may come from a Shechvatzara through which he will be defiled. So too, the Nida, who will be sick through her impurity, and anyone who has some type of emission or flow from one's body, whether it be a man or a woman, these are the laws, including the man who sleeps with a woman in a state of impurity. 
As technical as these psukim sound, they're actually quite structured in that they summarize all the sections of Tum'ah and Tahara and this addendum to the physiological forms of Tum'ah. We begin once again with the Zav and the Shechvatzara, the two forms of the male, followed by the Nida and the Zava. in which case it would have been simpler for the Torah just to have said in Pasuk Lamigimol, or even the Nida and the Zava. Why does the Torah return to I always like to say that this is one of the proofs that the Torah is very sensitive to chiasm. Notice the chiastic structure in this Pasuk that tells us about the structure of the entire Parshia. These are the laws not only of the two male forms, but also the case of the Nida and Zava, which is really Zav for a Nikiva. And that's why Chazal will extrapolate numerous parallels between the laws of Zav and Zava. But all the more so, here we see how the Torah is structuring the Parshia as an A-B-B-A chiastic structure, namely beginning with the unnatural male emission, followed by the natural male emission, the natural female emission, followed by the unnatural female emission, which is highlighted in the last Pasuk as referring back to the unnatural male emission. And these are the cases, in short, of the female who can also defile a male who sleeps with her when she is in the state of impurity. The Rambam Memoren Vuchim summarizes these laws of Tuman Tahara by explaining that with Riboy Mineha Tumot, so many different forms of Tum'ah, whether it be someone who comes in contact with a dead carcass or is going to touch one of the eight rodents that fall regularly in a domestic setting. And certainly these physiological forms of Shechvat Zarah and Ida would basically leave someone rarely Tahor. The Rambam continues to say that Kol HaMatara Haita Lahaviyatapone Elav Litpalut Vishayarauhu Viyirhuhu. In other words, the whole point really of the Mikdash is for us to reach a stage wherein we're in awe of God, wherein we're imbued with a sense of fear of God, so that as one enters the Mikdash, one should recognize a different state, a rare state, according to the Rambam, of Tahara, of one's ability to get as close to God as possible. And therefore, the Rambam says that man should always be striving to minimize whatever tum'ah one has, recognizing that there are certain times that it's beyond a person's control, but to be cautious and wary of this state as possible. The conclusion of this parsha, then, as the Rambam corroborates, really does sensitize a person to one's limitations from going to the Mikdash. We now understand all the more so why this section follows immediately after the deaths of Nadav and Avihu, who attempted to get close to God without any mandates, without any borders. And therefore, Hashem says, one second, time out. One has to learn these laws that ultimately limit, but also sensitize one to entering the Mikdash in a proper state as a guest in God's home. This will bring us to the beginning of Parshat Acharimot, the laws concerning how one does get closer to God, particularly the Kohen Gadol, how he may enter Lifnai Velifnim inside the Kodesh Kodeshim. What is the reason for the juxtaposition, after we've just heard, that Am Yisrael have to be so careful with regard to their state of Tumat, never to enter the Mikdash in the state, otherwise they're going to die like Nadav and Avihu. Perhaps what the Torah is teaching us 
is that there are limitations. One should learn the sense of awe of God, a fear of God, distance oneself from the Mikdash. I imagine Am Yisrael, after witnessing the deaths of Nadav and Aviyu, basically saying, we don't want to come here. This is a very scary place. And Hashem says it's true, and therefore there are laws. At the same time, even though Nazav and Aviyu tried to get close to God and they died, Hashem says, There is a means through which Aaron may get close to the Kodesh. So now, not only as a conclusion to Parshat Mitzorah, but also as an introduction to Parshat Acharimot, we begin with a quick overview of Sefer Vayikra to help clarify the primary topics and the juxtaposition between them. We began with the first five chapters, focusing on the Mishkan, the Karbanot of the individual, the Nedava and the Chova, how one gets closer to God. In chapters 6 and 7, how the Kohanim will offer their Karbanot and intensify their relationship with the Shekhinah. Chapters 8 to 10, also Mishkan-focused, this time on the dedication ceremony, the build-up for now activating this relationship, followed by chapters 11 through 15, who may in fact enter and who may not enter, based on Nadav and Avihu, who entered improperly. These then conclude the laws of Tumah and Tahara that seemingly limit one's relationship with regard to the entrance to the Mikdash. Chapter 16 now will still be Mishkan-focused, but this time we're going to see how one may get as close as possible to the Mikdash, referring to the Kohen Gadol, primarily on Yom HaKippurim, entering the area of Kodesh Kodeshim. Our next Shi'or then will focus on the beginning of Parshat Tacharimot, chapter 16, the Avodah of the Kohen Gadol on Yom HaKippurim, and the focus on bringing us back to the Mikdash after our initial fear of distance from the Mikdash. Hashem is going to encourage us, no, it's okay, you really can come, but under certain rules, certain mandates, sensitive to the commandments of Hashem.